0: I'm a bulldog, so George who i pick it. I love the family atmosphere and the way they have no business education. What's
1: up, everybody? Important. Good evening, Dog Nation. And let's just cut to the real. Thanks again to King James for real with that intro music. But we are live. One of the things we tried last week, we were, we were in the studio. Actually got in before my buddy B.A. while he was cruising on the Icon last week for a show. And this week we're live. So welcome to everybody out there. Hope everybody's had fun uh, fighting and dodging the Atlanta traffic. I know 75 and 285 was a mess getting in the studio for me. But welcome in, guys. You want to you recharge. You want to kind of let loose. You, you want to chill a little bit learn about Georgia football recruiting. Let us allow you the chance to do so. Kick your feet up. I'm Jeff Centel. Uh Before the Hedges happens each and every Wednesday night brought to you by Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Um, we got a big show tonight. We've stacked in a couple more Dog Nation conversations. Who wants to hear from, I don't know, All-American defensive lineman Jordan Thomas? Who wants to hear from new five-star Chris Cole? Checkbox, checkbox, we got that for you. Um, who wants to hear from a former Georgia Bulldog? As we line up the show, stack up the show for our big five, former Georgia Bulldog Robert Gathers is going to give a take on five-star target David Sanders, Jr. David Sanders, Jr. is the number one top target for Dog Nation's weekly before the Hedges program. On uh, each and every week, David Sanders, Jr., the five-star out of Providence Day in Charlotte, has been the number one top target. Former Georgia defensive end, Robert Gethers. Gethers plays 11 years in the NFL. He's going to share his take about why he thinks David Sanders, Jr., is so very special. We've also got another Dog Nation conversation. Quarterback target, Ryan Montgomery. Very unique young man. Very interesting, very highly intelligent young man. Sounds like he really thinks that he's in a good spot and Georgia is in a good spot with him. His final three looks like Florida, South Carolina, and Georgia. We'll have all that. But first on our show tonight, and the first part of our Big Five, number one up there, we're going to talk about Um, kind of a lot, kind of a lot of stuff to talk about right now. We're going to talk about, um, what you see the last official visit of the last official visit of the 2024 cycle. And that was five-star athlete, Terry Bussey from Timpson, Texas, very small community, um, put up like crazy wild numbers. The number one athlete in the country. Uh, currently still committed to hometown or home state, Texas A&M. Let's look at the spot shadow of him. Look at the ring of fire right there. I call it the Johnny Cash when you look for a money player making a play. He visited Georgia on his official this past weekend. Um, LSU, Texas A&M, to me, I think those are still the schools to beat there for Terry Bussey. Georgia looks to him to play the safety spot. Uh, Georgia's, Georgia's Signee, has got a chance to hang out with him and really impress upon him at the Under Armour All-American game. Fantastic playmaker. You see a lot of these highlights here. You see him in the return game really fast. Very electric when the ball in his hands. Georgia sees him as like a a safety, a star, a cornerback, nickel type right there. Uh, Made a lot of plays, made a lot of plays as a quarterback. Uh, Running around everywhere. State champion, great personal story. Look at the speed. Look at the wheels there. Uh, Terry Bussey, the last official visitor of the 2024 cycle. He was in Athens this past weekend. He's going to visit LSU again. He's going to visit Texas A&M again before he signs during the traditional period. In February, I think Georgia had to get him on campus and show him what the dogs were all about, what the Georgia way was all about. But I still think that's going to be a hard pull a very hard flip out of the state of Texas um, in terms of one uh, Terry Bussey Jr. Lots of stuff going on, and guys, that's a quick read, quick quick wrap, love these highlights right here. Very rare we get to see highlights in a purple end zone with the word Lumberjacks written all across it, so that was a pretty, pretty good trip right there to see that, some big time football from a state championship level program in Texas here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. That was number one. Number two, I told you we got a lot of stuff to get to right now. Let's talk about the, I think, ESPN, On3, Rivals, 24-7 Sports, all the major services have weighed in with their final evaluations, their final postseason All-American rankings. Uh, kind of one of the bigger headlines, I thought, was Chris Cole picked up his fifth star. Uh, 24-7 Sports gave him a fifth star. ESPN gave him a fifth star and, folks, this was a guy that was spectacular during his senior year. He turned even more heads at the Under Armour All-American game. Length, size, explosion, burst. He was a starter in the All-American game. He became Georgia's fifth five-star uh, of the 2024 class when all the final rankings settled. Uh, the five stars are Joseph Jonah, John Ye, K.J. Bolden, Justin Williams. Uh, you've got uh Ellis Robinson, the fourth, of course, and now you've got Chris Cole as well. Five defensive uh, dogs that were named as five stars in the 2024 signing class. We had a chance to catch up with Cole. Dr. Cole wants to be a doctor. You guys have seen a couple live interviews with Chris Cole before on Before the Hedges. I got a chance to catch up with him in between Orange Bowl practices, his time at the Under Armour All American game. And before he enrolled in Athens earlier this month, you want to see a little bit more about Chris Cole. You want to check out Georgia's next five star or their last five star signee in the class. That's what Chris Cole is all about. Check it out here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger.
2: Uh, like you know, um, I do like to compete with like the best in the nation. Like this game was fun. Uh, like you know, like I always dreamed of this since I was a kid. Like so to play in it. You know, uh, it's amazing.
1: What did bowl practices mean for you? Like, what did you, where did you get better? How did it help you, maybe, uh-huh. for this week?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, it helped me, kind of, like, to get better. um cause was, like, a linebacker, you know, because I went against, like, the best in the nation. Uh, so, you know, kind of, like, iron sharp is iron. And um, kind just, like, the rest we took and the coaching, um, I'm thankful for that because, like, they coached me. Uh, they helped me out, uh, like, my weaknesses.
1: What if they told you what you need to work on coming in? Like, what would be your role coming in? Uh, uh,
2: really just, like, my role, um, it's like to make plays, to make tackles, and get takeaways.
1: So, Joseph said he was welcome the Georgia. Moment was like there was a down block and it was a Amarius So That was his like, I'm not in high school football anymore. Oh, yeah. Did you have a moment like that where oh, somebody yes. woke you up? And said, yes,
2: uh, like my first day. Uh, like you know, um, I never like, really like, actually like, been away, you kind of for myself at like, home. So you know, uh, it was a big change. And, um, I mean, my first practice, uh, they just, like, threw me in. Uh, <laughs> they gave me a helmet, shoulder pads, and cleats, and told me to get in. And then, um, I mean, I said, I had to big that to myself, like, the linemen, because, you know, I'm used to going against, like, 6'3", like, 5'11", but then kind of going against, like, six eight linemen, you know, every day. It was fun. It was fun.
1: You've probably had a lot of fun times over the last two weeks. Yes. What was the most fun for you? Uh, the most fun
2: uh, for me uh, like, was well, just competing with the best of the best. Um, I think like the Orange Bowl was fun. Uh, like you know, I just like to be on the sideline and just have fun and like meet like new people. That's why I enjoy it.
1: Did you learn anything about your new teammates, Ellis Joseph? Yes. Did you guys hang out together? What was that like? Oh uh, yes,
2: we did. I uh, love we hung out. Uh, you know, um, it was our first time like actually meeting each other. I remember the first day uh, that we didn't talk like right. now. Like we're like best friends. And we talk all the time and compete.
1: How excited are you to get to Georgia and start this role? Yes.
2: Um, I'm super excited. Uh, like, you know, I, like it's been my dream I like, to go D1, so I'm not here. And then plus like, um, I get there royal early, um, so like that definitely helped me a lot on um, like for like the fall season.
1: Normally you guys get to recruit a little bit because there's somebody that's not committed or right. is waiting late. You had a guy on your team, I think, that's gonna take a visit, Bussy. Yes. Did you talk to him? Did you tell him anything about Georgia? Like, what do you think about that guy?
2: Yeah, um, he's an athlete, uh, like, you know, um, we love to have him. Uh, Oh, he's a great player, but um, but also he's a great person, too, and I like him.
1: you think he's a DB? Do you think he's a receiver? What do you think he would play?
2: Um, I think he'd play, uh, like, DB.
1: Yeah? Yeah. You're going to be there on campus Tom, when, he, when he takes his visit, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Yes, I'd be there.
1: Um, what do you think the future holds for you, man? Yeah. Is it okay to look at it and say, I'm going to play in big games, yeah. I'm going to get developed, I'm going to play against the best? Right. Like, you watch the college football playoffs thinking, that's going to be me?
2: Yes. Um... Like I always do. Uh, like I always watch the college playoff. And it could be me. Um, I mean, you know, like at the Orange Bowl, um, i was just trying to like, imagine myself like, on the field making plays. So, I was, so it's like me coming early, uh, you know, um, you know um, i begin be getting like, developed. And, I, and like, that's like, like I'm most you know, like, excited for. Just
1: a moment. This is my last question, Chris. Maybe it was during bowl practices. Maybe it was in Athens. Yeah. Maybe it was in Miami for your life. Gosh, I'm glad I made this choice. Yes. I'm glad I didn't look somewhere else. Did you have one of those? What was yes.
2: that like? Um, I was really like really my third practice, uh, like you know, like I got used to things, and then like in the Orange Bowl, I was like, oh yeah, I'm glad I made like, this choice. Like it's been like, the best choice for me. I'm um, like I love the coaching staff, and then and really like I love the coaching like they do to the like, club. They love their players, and I can tell that in about like the two weeks. Um, I was
1: there. Guys, that's Doctor Cole. Always very impressive. Chris is an all-American and now he's on his way to Athens. Appreciate you, buddy. Yes. Thank you. Right, let me tell you guys one little one little, I guess I would call it a bulldog point of pride or a before the hedges point of pride right here. I want you to think about this for a second. Kirby Smart has been recruiting for the dogs like gangbusters since the twenty sixteen class. That was the abbreviated class when Kirby and the staff maybe had about maybe four to six weeks. Uh, to try and put together a class. They finished with the number six class. But beyond that, they've they've literally uh, – that was the only time they finished outside the top three. Georgia's either been number three, number two, number one in all these years. But this year was a first. Um, to put something into perspective here, Georgia's 2023 class, they didn't have anybody in the top five. They didn't have anybody in the top ten. They didn't have anybody in the top 15. They only had one prospect – Uh, Damon Wilson, who ranked uh, 20th overall in the 24-7 sports composite. They had one prospect ranked inside the top 20. This year, for the first time in Kirby Smart Georgia recruiting history, uh, and we can say Kirby Smart's never done this before with his staff. It really kind of carries a lot of weight these days, but Georgia had two top five signees. In the final rankings, that's obviously Ellis Robinson, the fourth at two, and then Justin Williams, who just celebrated a birthday yesterday at 18 years old. Georgia had two top five signees, both on the defensive side of the ball. The dogs have never had that before under Kirby Smart, and that's a very easy way of saying that's never happened before in Georgia football recruiting history. You throw in K.J. Bolden at number 13 overall, and the dogs have three. Top 15 signees. You keep going on. Uh, Joseph Jonah Janier was 25th. That's four in the top 25. And then Chris Cole was 29. So that's five in the top 30. Georgia ends up with 10 top 100 signees, and they have 17 signees in the top 200. So the dogs, you want to know what it looks like to recruit after back-to-back national champions. You wanted to make sure that there was enough of a grand finale. There was enough – Flex, for lack of a better term, that's the type of stuff uh, we, we bring to you each and every week on Dog Nation's Before the Hedges. Things that are going on, things that are of relevance that we think is, you know, kind of looking at Georgia football recruiting as the matrix. You sit there and you look at that, you look at that, and that's more than the girl in the red dress. That's an anomaly. That's a blip. That's something that the dogs have never done before. And, folks, that is your number two on our Dog Nation's uh, before the Hedges Big Five. Now, next up, number three, this is a good one. I've had this one in my back pocket for a little bit. Everybody remembers Robert Gathers, right? Robert Gathers, um, let me see if I can set this up. Robert Gathers came into Georgia with guys like Greg Blue, Thomas Davis, uh, DJ Shockley, Fred Gibson, uh, David Pollock. If that's not enough, I guess I can say, Jeff, that's good. That's, a, that's enough. Well, Robert told me that five-star David Sanders, Jr., He's never seen a prospect quite like him. I tell you guys all the time, he could be a five-star defensive end. He could be a five-star tight end. He's a five-star offensive tackle, the number one offensive tackle in the country. And Robert Gathers is actually coaches on the Providence Day School staff. That's in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's coached David for several years, and David plays defensive end and offensive tackle for the Chargers of Providence Day, the three-time state champion Providence Day Chargers. But I caught up with him after their third state title. Uh, Everybody was happy, of course, but I wanted to know from Robert, I was like, hey, man, is all this stuff real? Is the hype valid? Um, Is this kid, does he live up to the hype in your opinion? And remind yourselves, this is an 11-year NFL veteran that had a great career at Georgia, great pass rusher. What do you have to say? I think you guys are going to want to pay attention to this one here on Before the Hedges. So you've seen him work at OT, and you've seen him work at defensive end. I I hear you guys go against each other sometimes with good reps a little bit, or at least air reps. What is this kid's – what makes him stand out
3: to you? I mean – First, I mean, when it comes down to football, I mean, first of all, he's an amazing kid. Then after after that, he's a football savant. He can pick up anything you throw at him, offensively, defensively. Has a great grasp of the game. And then you go down to physical, he's just a specimen, man. He's a twitchy kid to be as big as he is. Explosive. Um, thank you power cleans like 300 and something pounds and that shows up on the football field. you know what I mean so it's just amazing kid to work with. I don't have to do much coaching you know what I mean because he's just special
1: so I learned today that he's played basically the whole year with the tour labrum he avoided surgery yeah isn't that the ultimate for a talented football player
3: oh yeah I mean it's bigger than him you know what I mean he plays
1: for his teammates um he's tough and he just gives you everything you got, man. You can't ask for anything better than that. This is a big football guy question. A lot of people, you know, I think he could be a five-star tight end. I think he could be a five-star edge. You know, they see the, they see the body on, as a tackle and yeah. they wonder, is he going to throw the weight on? What do you yeah. think about that?
3: I think he can go. I think he has the, the, um, the frame to put on weight. Um, Obviously, I'm a defensive guy, and I would love for him to just stay on the edge because he can do that as well. But um, My thing for Dave is do what you're
1: happy with and what you want to do. I think he'll be fine whichever direction you decide to go. I know he's a great young man. He's going to make this decision on his own, but... How happy would you feel if he became a dog, man? What, what would go through your he, mind? He knows.
3: He, that's all I want to say. He knows, man. But um, I just want him to be happy with whatever decision him and his family makes. He has a good support s- system with his family. So I think they're going to lead him in the right direction. What's the most impressive athletic thing you've seen him do? It's just I haven't seen anything he can't do. I mean, he's single-handedly dominated games for us. lockdowns. I don't think they ran at his side the entire If like, He paid attention. They didn't run his way, you know I mean? He locks down outside of the field for us, and uh, nobody beats him
1: coming off the edge. I think, I think he blocks the extra point when that yeah, really mattered. Yeah. He recovers a fumble. Yeah,
3: gets he's, in on the safety. To, I mean, like, he's just unbelievable. Man. Passes out, then yeah. wakes up. Yes. Like he played every single snap of the game. Every single snap. Can you
1: be any more impressed with a high school prospect than this guy right no, here? I've
3: never seen anything like it. And I've been around some good prospects, you know. I've been around some good prospects, and I've never seen anything like it. it
1: I mean, if we, had a, if we had a before the Hedges instant replay, I'd rewind that last comment, that last soundbite from Robert Gathers. I've been around a lot of prospects. I've never seen anything like him. Uh, that's Robert Gathers, former Georgia defensive end, went on to play 11 seasons uh, in the NFL with Cincinnati, among other uh, teams right there. He shared his thoughts about five-star junior 2025 class standout David Sanders, Jr. Uh, If you heard a little bit of that interview, David played the whole season basically with a torn labrum, put off surgery, played both ways, never missed a snap in the state championship game. And we're going to write about this on Dog Nation because I was like, man, so much content is always coming out of my ears around November, December, January, that that's one of the things I wanted to come back to, especially when we really start previewing and hitting the 2025 class hard is Robert kind of told me, and this is a preview of a story that will be on dognation.com, that he thinks he can be Miles Garrett as a defensive end. Uh, that sort of twitch, that sort of size. Again, David is like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Give him 6'6". six. six. power clean's over 300 pounds. Got a standing broad jump that's like almost 11 feet. That's Nolan Smith territory. Uh, school record in the shot put. Can basically do whatever he needs to do athletically. Robert even said, I've never seen anything he can't do. He called him a football savant, and then he could be Miles Garrett, and that's somebody that played in the NFL, that played at Georgia. Remember, you're just joining us. I think the thing that stands out about Robert Gathers is you go back to his class at Georgia. That was 2001, Thomas Davis, Greg Blue, Fred Gibson, David Pollock, DJ Shockley, that's some of them. That's, that's enough name-dropping right there for the 20- for the 2021 class. And for Robert to say that about David Sanders, man, that is really, really something. That was your third item on the Big Five right here on Before the Hedges. Next up, we've got another Dog Nation conversation. I'm, trying, I'm sitting here trying to play point guard right here. I know you guys are watching the Hoop Dogs. Help a, do- help a fellow reporter out here. If you don't mind dropping some score updates in the chat. I'm sitting here sharing, sharing news doing a live show, but I want to know how Georgia is doing in the basketball game tonight as well. I would appreciate it if you could do that public service for all of us uh, here on uh, Before the Hedges tonight. Number four, who's going to be the Georgia quarterback in 2025? Will it be uh, Matt Zellers out of the Philadelphia metro area? He just visited Georgia recently. Will it be Julian Juju Lewis? Will uh, Georgia or some other school flip him away from USC? Or will it be this guy, Ryan Montgomery, I'm going to set this clip up basically by saying this. I listened to Ryan Montgomery chat here, go back and forth. I listened to him describe the way he views football, the way he sees football. Other folks would sit there and have other parallels for him, but I got echoes of Carson Beck when I was in Jacksonville, Florida, 2019. He wears number 15. The dog coaches, Georgia's staff even said that there are some parallels between Carson And Ryan Montgomery, the four-star quarterback out of Finley, Ohio. Mike Bobo was in town in Ohio last night to watch him play basketball. Finley High School in Finley, Ohio is the home, the high school home of Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Ryan Montgomery actually broke Roethlisberger's school record of 400 uh, school passing yardage with 491 passing yards this season. I want you to listen closely to Ryan Montgomery because, not saying it's a certainty, but there's a chance that this guy could be the quarterback commitment for Georgia in the 2025 class. Watch it, listen to closely to him and let me know what you think coming out of the clip.
4: Yeah, I mean, I definitely am a lot more comfortable with them now. Um, things kind of, I wouldn't say dropped off, but I wasn't in too much communication with them prior to the visit. Um, but after the visit, I got a lot of questions answered and. No, they're definitely in a very good spot with me right now.
1: What was the biggest question they answered for you?
4: Um, just where I kind of was on their board, and um, if you know they would, if they really wanted me, and um, and I t- I could tell they did just by how the whole staff prioritized me during my time there, and obviously with Coach Bobo coming up here in a a week or two, and obviously you know they're the they're the standard in college football. Um, I know if. I go there, I'm going to get developed um, probably better than anywhere else and under Coach Bobo and Coach Smart. So, um, you know, like I just said, I just feel really good, really good about them right now. What I'm looking for at the next level offensively, just a more of a pro style offense, you know, meaning, you know, you can run the ball and pass the ball and an offense that'll get me, you know, to the next level after college NFL, which is also my dream and, you know, after, after the visit with Georgia and spending time with coach Bobo on the board and you know learning more about their offense I do really think they do a great job of developing quarterbacks there and um obviously you can see with Carson Beck so you know I do think I really fit I'd fit their offense great yeah definitely I mean that's huge um obviously as a quarterback you want to throw the ball quite a bit, but you also quarterback's best friend is a run game, right? And Georgia can do both, like I said. Um, And that's kind of what I'm looking for in an offense, just that pro style offense, you know, um, a lot of play action, running the ball, but, you know, they're very versatile and they can do whatever they want. Um, Obviously with a guy like Carson Beck, I mean, he can make all the throws and, you know, Coach Bobo has put a lot on Carson Beck. He's given him a lot of freedom in that offense. And that's kind of something that I'm looking for. Um, But now I think this visit was super important just to um, get all my questions answered, like I said, and just see where where we are at. Um, And there's definitely a lot of mutual interest. And I'm um, like I said, I'm in a pretty good spot with Georgia right now. My ideal timeline would have been, um, you know, like end of February, early March. But, you know, obviously, you know, I don't know. It's just going to be coming to uh, feeling feeling of comfort. Um, so, I mean, I could end up waiting and take some more spring visits. Um, that is a possibility, but, you know, as of right now, I don't have a clear cut, um, date in terms of a commitment, just when it feels right. (laughs) They're reloading every year. Like talent's not going to be an issue at Georgia. And also on the defensive side of the ball, um, obviously they're going to have top five defense each and every year. So that also helps with, you know, you don't have to be, um, the superhero as a quarterback, you don't have to make every single play, right? Um, so, I mean, that's definitely big time as well.
1: Or w- When you think of Georgia, what's the most impressionable thing that they've, they've placed on you?
4: I mean, just how they go about their business each and every day. I mean, like you said, when we visited for that spring practice, I mean, it was the most intense practice I've ever seen. I mean, Coach Smart was just ripping into people all practice. And, um, you know, that's going to get the best out of your players. So that's definitely something that impresses me a lot. Like, you know, at the time they were back-to-back champions and they were still practicing as if they haven't won a championship, national championship. So, I mean, um, they're pra- obviously gonna practice super hard and um, that's something that's really impresses me. Yeah, I mean, I just how they prioritized me the whole time. I mean, he, him and Coach Gummy were with me, you know, the whole time we were there. Um, So, I mean, that was huge. And also just sitting down with him and talking ball with him, um, that's something that I love to do. Um, That's probably my favorite thing to do on these visits, just talk ball to my position coach. And, um, you know, I was super impressed. And, you know, he definitely saw a lot of similarities between me and Carson. And, um, you know, that's just pretty cool. What do you think of the best ways Georgia fits you? Um, I would just say, like, my mindset and their mindset, like – I think obviously their mentality, um, like I, I kind of explained earlier, just how intense their practices are and how, you know, that whole program just carries themselves. Like, you know, we're going to outwork everybody. And that's kind of how I am too. Like I'm never going to be satisfied. I'm going to work harder than anybody. Um, and I'm going to put a lot of time into the game. And um, I, I just think that's definitely huge and that's kind of, um something that fits really well with me in Georgia is just you know we're gonna we're gonna outwork anybody like I don't care who I'm up against I'm just gonna be the most prepared out of um anybody and um um you know I know if you know Georgia ends up being the place like if I don't start year two or, or year one or year two like I'm I, I think I'll be perfectly fine you know just knowing that I'm gonna keep getting developed and keep getting those practice reps and you know, when my number's called and the time's right, like, I'm going to go out there and perform really well.
1: Look at that. I thought it was a good way to end that interview with that bite right there, that comment right there. Did you hear that? Obviously, Ryan Montgomery said basically that he has a lot of confidence. You want every quarterback to have a lot of confidence. It's kind of like that line in Top Gun when um, Viper was like, confidence, I like that in a pilot. Well, confidence you have to like that. You have to see that in an alpha quarterback, the guy that's going to get in the huddle. But I thought it was really cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought it was really cool how um, he said, if I don't play year one, if I don't play year two, I'm still going to get developed. And then when my time comes, I'm, I'm going to be, come in and I'm going to play good football. That right there is a great way to look at things for Georgia football, for quarterbacks, and how you know Carson Beck is a perfect example for him. Carson Beck waited and waited and waited. He saw quarterback development. He didn't see any drop-off from Stetson Bennett to Carson Beck. And then he sees there, he's got the Georgia defense. Ryan also told me a couple of things. He said, you know, timeline is kind of up in the air. He had wanted a timeline somewhere around the end of February, early March. Probably not going to happen there anymore, but he he's he's going to go off on a fill. The other thing, off of a feel, the other thing he said I thought that was pretty interesting is he said that. NIL will not be a factor in his decision. And, folks, you're talking about quarterback recruiting these days, and you got a quarterback that's, I think, a top 200 prospect, maybe 178 or so, number 9, number 10, number 12, 14 quarterback in the country. Um, His older brother is a scholarship All-American, high school All-American offensive lineman at Ohio State. So he's been around the block. He knows what the college football game is all about. That's the type of mindset I think you need, especially with Georgia. You know, <clears throat> you've got Carson Beck. You've got Gunnar Stockton waiting. You've got Ryan Puglisi. You're going to have to add at least one quarterback in 2025. You're probably going to have to add one out of the transfer portal either this spring period or then in the next transfer portal period as well. So you want a quarterback like that that's talented, that's savvy, but also understands the deal. The deal is, is he, he knows that he's going to come into a place like Georgia to be developed, get better, and then when their, no, their number is called and when their time is, time is at hand, they can go out, they can perform, they can execute, and they can play great football. I think that's the type of fit that's going to work best for Georgia at the quarterback position in the years to come. Guys, that was number four. Our final part of our Big Five, we're going to end this with a big guy in the middle. How would you like to hear from freshman, defensive lineman, All-American Jordan Thomas? He's already in Athens He was representing the state of New Jersey uh, at the All-American Bowl out in San Antonio. That's where I caught up with Jordan uh, here on Before the Hedges. Take a listen. Tell me what you think coming out of the clip. So Jordan, man, tell me about All-American Week for you. What was that like? You know what I noticed? Yeah. Well, you came here like Jordan did Gary Hall a year ago, Michael two years ago. Uh huh. I'm gonna show everybody I'm a lot better than what they've rated. Did, did I get yeah. that right? Is that what you tried to do Yeah, week?
0: that's what i was trying to show. They said that Jersey, you know, they can't they can't play in big games. That Jersey not good at football. So I just came up, want to prove myself wrong and put on for the uh, state of Jersey.
1: What's your favorite part of this week?
0: Uh, my favorite part was probably the game, but besides that, I like the practices too. Getting closer to people, like outside of the practice, you know what I'm saying? Like we got the hot hot tub, just chilling and stuff, talking to each other. So that was probably the best part too.
1: What's the feeling like and what are your goals
0: for your first year? Oh, well, My goals is I don't expect to come in and start, because that's Georgia. Like, you're going to Georgia, so I expect myself to work my hardest to my full potential and stuff like that. So that's my goals. They
1: told you zero tech, three tech, one
0: inside, three Oh uh, Yeah, they said they see me flexible playing. Uh, they can see me playing the three, the two, the zero, and in between their interior guys, so I can move my feet for my weight. So.
1: What weight do you think you'd be best playing at? What position do you think you'd be I play think I
0: right? my best weight is probably that like D-tackle, like 290.
1: You weighed what this week? 322. 322? Yeah. So you're going to cut down a little
0: bit. Yeah, I don't even look like I weighed 322,
1: though. You do not. You never <laughs> do. Um, one of the things... People always say you move
0: so well for your size. Where does mm-hmm. that come from? Uh like, do you like doing rope drills or something like Yeah, I'll say be- I'll say like s- staying on top of like agility and stuff. Like uh I like to do a lot of footwork and stuff. I like to jump around, play different sports, so that's what helps it helps me a lot. Jordan, this is my last question. I
1: noticed you have your body art tells a story, your tattoos uh-huh. tell a story.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about your tattoos and what they mean to you? Oh uh, yeah, on tattoo I got uh, Mother Mary on my arm right here, and I got the prayer arms right here because I'm big. I'm big uh, religious guy, you know. I always thank the God above for everything, and uh, I got a with to heaven right here, and you can't see them, but <laughs> uh, I got fear of none right here, so because I, I I'm fear of nobody.
1: Got a message to the Georgia fans, you have a great spirit about you. You got a message to all those fans that maybe. I
0: want to wear the Jordan Ducks uh-huh. jersey one day and root for you? I uh, appreciate y'all.
1: Yeah, go dogs! Funny little uh, outtake there from that interview. Uh, you were sitting there, and it's, it's funny. This was the All American Bowl. Guys were leaving. Guys were checking out. Guys were getting on the bus to get to the airport, get to the hotel. And there was a there was a fellow teammate who was on his way to Bama, and he kind of yelled in the middle of the interview to Jordan. He's like, "You guys still can't beat Bama." and then uh, i like to see jordan jordan clap back and he says well you need to start talking about how you guys are going to beat michigan first um that was obviously after michigan took down alabama in the college football playoffs so that georgia bama stuff guys not going away no matter who the head coaches are but jordan thomas really cool really cool dude got a great spirit about him as you heard me say right there in that clip but that right there guys is your big five big five time if you know what happens after the Big Five, we roll to our question of the week. And, you know, this is a nod <clears throat> to all the folks down there, our Dog Nation team especially, Mike and Mike and Kaylee that are down there at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. And I, gotta, I got Senior Bowl dogs on my mind here with the question of the week because there's a lot of really good players down there. There's a lot of really good players down there for the question of the week. But um, my question of the week is, and you see the way I'm wording it here. Which draft-eligible Bulldog do you predict has the second-best NFL career? We all know what the – if I, if I were ask this question straight, which draft-eligible Bulldog do you predict has the best NFL career, I'd probably get 19 million responses about Brock Bowers. But I want to kind of take it in a different direction. Everybody, he's going to be the highest-rated pick. He's the three-time All-American Brock Bowers is Brock Bowers, but I'm curious to see what Dog Nation and the Before the Hedges audience feels tonight about who do you think is going to have the next best career in the NFL after Brock? So you got a couple guys: you got Kamari Lassiter, uh, you got Javon Bullard, you got Tyke Smith, you got Kendall Milton, you got Dejan Edwards, you got Lad McConkey, the guy that's just ripping it up right now. You've got Cedric Von Prong Granger. I believe, all told, there'll be like five. There'll be like ten, ten or eleven Bulldogs drafted by the National Football League in this year's draft. Very curious, you know. Have a little engagement, hang out, have some fun. What do you? Who do you guys think will have the best, second best career out of all those NFL dogs? Uh, Kamari, I think, is going to play great in the NFL. Is going to play for a long time. It's just going to be hard for. To kind of have the numbers that would stamp a guy as, hey, that guy's going to have a great career. I think Lad McConkey is going to go second round, early second round, and I think he is just going to carve up the National Football League. I think he is a Sunday player. I think that league will give him the resources and the constant attention to his body. The practices won't be as extreme as they are at Georgia, so he'll be able to rest. Now I know he was on a, he was on kind of a reduced load management type thing at Georgia this past season, and he he kept a couple of nicks, kept a bunch of ailments that were hard to shake. I think everybody's going to talk about the 20, 2023 team wondering what would have happened if you would have had either Lad McConkey or Brock Bowers healthy in the SEC championship game. That's football, guys. That's just the way it is. Uh, a lot of times Georgia benefited from great health over the last two years as well on the way to uh, those back-to-back national championships. So my vote I'm going to give it to Ladd. Uh, close second would probably be Cedric Von Praun Granger. Um, lots of guys. Lot, there's a lot of lot of players down there in Mobile. There were six down there. Cedric would have made seven. You got a lot of other dogs. Amarius Mims is a name I got to mention too because that guy's going to go in the first round and make a lot of money. Uh, probably will be the highest drafted bulldog ever with less than, I think, eight career starts. So uh, big kudos to the young man from uh, Bleckley County, uh, down in uh, middle Georgia, the former Bleckley County Royal that my friends is your uh, question of the week. And guys, you got to remember too, this is our, um, it's a live show. So you got a question. I'm, I've got a couple windows up on my uh, laptop. So if you got a question on the dog nation homepage, you got a question on YouTube. You got a question on Facebook. Uh, you want to, you want to, you want to talk about what's going on right now in Georgia football recruiting. Besides all of these kind of topical examples, I think, of, you know, kind of interesting stories, interesting kind of newsmaker-type things going on right now, well, that's a place to do it. That's what Before the Hedges uh, was all about, the squeaky screen door on my back porch many, many moons ago. Uh, sometimes I shake my head and feel very fortunate, feel very blessed and thankful that we go from a uh, squeaky screen door, uh, neighbor's kids playing in the background, uh, Zooms, the uh, Restreams, uh, Facebook, Facebook Lives, back when there was, what was it, Uh, back in the days when, uh, what was the Twitter thing, Periscope, yeah, we did a lot of that stuff back in the days, on the early days of Dog Nation, but got this wonderful studio, got a great control room uh, filled with talented people as well, putting on a show, so this is what all these toys and technology here is for, uh, to say the least. and I know we've got some broken hearts coming back over from the basketball game as well. Uh, let's, let's take a look at our weekly slides here. You know, we, 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 we do this every week. This is kind of our love those wipes, love those fancy graphic segues and transitions right there. Here's your breakdown. Georgia recently lost Tay Harris in the cl- out of the class, the defensive back. Uh, but you got Bo Walker right now. Big question for the 2025 class is, Who's going to be the other running back to pair with Bo Walker? Can Georgia sign two running backs? I think they will, even though they signed three running backs in the last cycle because those three are kind of very uh, specific, kind of certain fits, certain roles. Um, and Georgia will probably lose another couple backs to the NFL as well, off the 2024 team as well. One thing to think about here, guys, and this is a great perspective uh, fist bump to everybody that follows recruiting, who tunes in each and every night, on Wednesday nights on Before the Hedges. This time a year ago, Georgia had 10 commitments. Only four of those ended up signing. Georgia has gotten in a really good groove of uh, upgrading a lot of slots. They have spring evaluation. They have camp in June. And that just kind of shows you how crazy recruiting will get. I I looked at the class uh, earlier this week for a big story I'm working on for dognation.com this week. uh, And, like, The eventual signees, I counted up at least 10 that I know A, didn't have an offer, or B, had never visited Georgia, or C, nobody was even talking about these guys at this point of the 2024 recruiting class. Uh, Ellis Williams is your tight end. I think that's going to be a battle. Georgia's going to have to fight tooth and nail to hold on to as well. That's your offensive commitments right there. There are three of those gentlemen. There's no special teams commitments, so let's just kind of skip right to the defensive side of the ball. Um, Georgia has <clears throat> excuse me, two uh, commitments right now in the 2025 class on the defensive side of the ball. Let me give, I, I, I've got an example I want to share with you guys. Also, good uh, you see Jaden Perlotti right there. Jaden Perlotti was a guy that uh, went down to um, Miami for the Battle 7-on-7 tournament. Battle is a very uh, nationwide uh, gear apparel. They make mouthpieces. They make... Other gear for football players as well. But there was a a big battle 7-on-7 tournament in Miami uh, this past weekend. And Perlotti was playing tight end. And he caught a touchdown pass that was thrown by Georgia tight end commitment, Ethan Barbour. So, dogs going wild down in Miami. You've got a tight end throwing a touchdown pass to a linebacker commitment out of the 2025 class. If you had that on your bingo card, uh, then maybe you and I ought to hang out in Vegas uh, one weekend. Maybe next weekend. Uh, There's your 2025 class breakdown right now. Let's take a a look at the recruiting snapshot. That's that map where we take a look at all things going on with the class. Currently five commitments. Georgia has fallen to number eight in the country. That's going to change for the better in the next couple of months. Three guys on offense, two on defense. Currently all the commitments are from the state of Georgia. I think you'll see a greater emphasis in this class. I think Georgia – We'll, we'll kind of shift gears a little bit where it might even be 50-50 again where the uh, amount of in-state commitments and out-of-state commitments will kind of be leveled off like a teeter-totter. All five of those commitments the state of Georgia. Uh, when you got five commitments, there are obviously the offensive players and defensive players among the highest-rated commitments there. Those are kind of self-explanatory. Georgia has two five-stars currently in the class, and now somebody somebody got word to me the other day and said, Jeff, I don't want to see you slipping with your show. This is about the time where you give us a little bit more than just the top targets. You want to know kind of the honorable mentions, the guys that are just off the list, and that's what we're going to do this week. Let's take a look at our top targets first. Uh, got some shuffling to this one just a little bit. We've inserted another quarterback name. I know folks love to see this, and we got to thank uh, Miss Mansell as well for. Deciding to kind of break up our uh, presentation, she's always big about that. Making sure our graphics look slick, our visual presentation looks slick. But what we try to do here is we've tried to break up the top targets a little bit, a, th- a little bit this week. I think this week we stretched, uh, stretched them out to thirteen or fourteen, including the guys that were just off the list. Like here's your top early targets. Let's start right at the top. David Sanders Jr. You guys learned a little bit, a little. Bigger piece of kind of my knowledge funnel there about why I think David Sanders is the number one prospect for Georgia, their top target for the class of 2025. Uh, Robert Gethers had some compelling uh, compelling information, compelling intel, compelling opinions about why he thinks David Sanders is so great. He made the comparison. This five-star offensive tackle could be Miles Garrett if he wanted to, and that's an 11-year NFL vet saying that. Elijah Griffin. Now, I'm going to start with Griffin right here because Griffin taking a bunch of visits. Uh, Clemson, he's got Florida. He's visited Georgia already this month. Elijah is the number uh, one defensive lineman in the country, and you saw on the commitment board that Justice J. Terry is the number two defensive lineman in, in the country. Folks, Georgia has never done anything like that. Sign the number one and the number two defensive lineman in a single class. Uh, of course, both of those are from the state of Georgia. Geography helps a little bit, like there. Location helps a lot, right there. But that would be some fantastic stuff if Georgia can restock the shelf of Travion Scott's trench mob offensive lineman with two five star defensive linemen, the number one and the number two defensive lineman in the entire country for 2025 speaking of number one we're going to go number one crazy the number one linebacker in the country zayden walker out of uh, sly county in sly Schley- county and ellaville as well number four travis smith jr i think the whole world's visiting westlake high school this week josh heupel has visited him uh he went and saw auburn this past weekend everybody's coming in to see travis i think he is a must sign for georgia In the class of 2025, Juan Gaston Jr., his dad was the great basketball player for Georgia Tech. Out of Westlake High School as well as number five, Cortez Smith, Parkview High School. Lilburn, Georgia would be a four-year starter this fall in Georgia's highest classification. Julian Lewis, I've seen some questions about Julian Lewis in the chat. I'm going to tell you something, and I don't want to sound a little presumptuous here, but I probably... I, I, I don't see that USC commitment sticking. Does he wind up at Georgia? Does he wind up at Texas? I think that game, uh, let's call it the game of bones uh, for in terms of how can Georgia sign the greatest class ever in 2025, does that include Julian Lewis, the game of bones? Uh, I'm sure there will be some NIL factors that will uh, piece together as we go down the recruiting trail here, but... Julian Lewis currently committed to USC recently reclassified from 2026 to 2025. I've got him at number seven this week. He's expected to be in Athens this weekend as well. He visited Colorado recently. He's going on a pretty big tour of schools at the end of this month. That's the top of the board for the top early targets of 2025. Let's look at the back half of those top early targets. Um, I think this is off the list. Did we have do we have another graphic where we had 7 through 13? Um,, uh, but if we, while we're kind of circling through these, I kind of put these guys together. I know they're I know they're rated with numerals or whatever, but this is kind of just like alphabetical order here. These are the guys, and you see uh, one of the things here, if you're seeing a lot of names here for al- a- prospects out of the state of Alabama, Elba, Alabama, uh, Enterprise Alabama, Alabaster, Alabama. This is the year for Georgia to kind of step into the void uh, left by the departure of Nick Saban Uh, I'm not going to call it uh, a fallen tide, but I I, I consider with recruiting, at least for the first couple of seasons until DeBoer proves himself in 2024 perhaps, it would be a lower tide in terms of recruiting. I think Georgia has a chance to maximize um, its class this year by adding maybe one or two more elite prospects, maybe one or two more five stars, maybe two or three more prospects out of the state of Alabama that they wouldn't normally get. Because Nick Saban is no longer in Tuscaloosa. It'll be very interesting. One of the storylines I'll be watching would be uh, how much Georgia can take advantage of the uh, recruiting. Vacuum uh, in Tuscaloosa right now, and then how much Al- Auburn can do it in its home state there as well. Uh, Anquan Figgins was there for Georgia's junior day. So was Christian Garrett out of Prince Avenue. Christian, so was Christian Gass out of Eastside High School. That's Eric Stokes' alma mater. Zion Grady has recently moved from Charles Henderson and Troy to Enterprise Alabama. Alvin Henderson's a guy Dell McGee and Kirby Smart visited today, I believe. Alabama visited him as, we- as well. I want you high school football enthusiasts to listen closely about Alvin Henderson here. Alvin Henderson is a going to be a senior this fall in Elba, Alabama. He already has 7,300 uh, career rushing yards and 140 high school touchdowns. Guys, that's through three seasons. He had 62 touchdowns his junior year. I think he ran for 3,700 yards at 15 yards per carry. I believe he's the number six, the number seven running back in the country. Uh, George is probably in his top three, top four right now. Will be a very competitive recruitment with Auburn, Alabama, Miami, Georgia. Perhaps another contender will sneak in there as well. Ty Jackson is a linebacker I really like out of Florida. Um, Let's take a look at the other guys. These guys were the ones just off the list. The other top early targets, I kind of extended it out to 15 this week. Uh, as a good example to try and try and kind of cover the pulse of what I'm hearing what I think are the guys that are not only uh, would fill needs for Georgia but there's good mutual uh, interest between both parties Naeem offered out of Birmingham Alabama the number one corner in the country Isaiah Gibson out of Warner Robbins High School uh, if you asked him a year ago probably Oregon would have been the team to watch there but I think Georgia has made a solid move Josh Petty there we talked about David Sanders earlier as the number one tackle in the country. Well, Josh Petty is currently rated as the number two tackle in the country out of Fellowship Christian and Roswell. You got Ryan Montgomery. Look how we've stacked Ryan Montgomery and Matt Zellers together right there. Matt Zellers is in Royersford, Pennsylvania. That's a suburb, North Metro area, Philadelphia. You guys know how great uh, the Philly Dog Connection pipeline has been for the dogs recently. Bryce Davis is an edge out of Greensboro Grimsley High School in Greensboro, North Carolina. Mason Short, the Alabama decommitment. Clemson's coming hard right now. Matt Luke is trying to put together uh, a restock-the-shelf offensive line in Clemson. Clemson got two offensive line commitments over the past week after their recent uh, big junior day as well. And then Jared Smith, another young man out of Alabaster uh, Thompson High School in Alabama. Uh, been to Georgia a gajillion times, six foot five or so, good size, good length, also a basketball player. Those are your top early targets for the class of 2025. Um, and now, this is the benefits, I guess, of a live show. Uh, you guys got a question? Hopefully, I've answered a lot of them as I kind of drifted through the top targets board. I always try to, I, I kind of look at this show, and if I don't mention at least 50 names, 55 names in the show, then. You know, what are we even doing here on Wednesday nights here on Before the Hedge is brought to you by Kroger. Uh, I'm going to take a lap around. um, I'll go to the Dog Nation homepage first. Uh, J Plus Pi has a question. He wants to know, do I think the spring portal window will have an effect on recruits committing early? Waiting to see if Georgia brings in someone from the portal in the spring. Uh, I think the commitment window, I think the schools have set it up this way. If you'll watch, it's kind of like an air traffic controller. Jay, what they want to do is they want to evaluate their targets in spring practice in April and May. They want them to come take their official visits to Georgia or any school. This kind of works for all of major college football right now. Come take their official visits in June. That's also a time when they want their top targets. Georgia wants its top targets to come on campus. And and if you're an offensive lineman, to be a part of those five on five offensive line, defensive line camps, and then if you're a, if you're a receiver skill guy, to participate in some seven on sevens to to work, and work out as well. But um, it's kind of what you got there, and then the commitments would happen in July. So whatever happens in April, I think the dust will settle by that time, and recruits will kind of know uh, what's going on there as well. Um, questions? Kind of trying to. Take a lap around Facebook. Uh, Ken Feinberg, yeah, Cortez Smith was listed. I believe he was number six or seven on the uh, top targets list for the 2025 class. Uh, Ulysses Dunnings just has a comment. I love when we get some intel, we get some feedback from our audience. He says, Aiden Walker, nice as well, met him. He's your barber's nephew. Uh, Ulysses, you're down there in Elleville, huh? Good part of the world. Beautiful sunsets up down there, man. Mike Minzell, how are you, sir? Um, let me see. Good question. Sometimes, and, uh, I know Timothy Wilson. Thank you for this question because sometimes I know we kind of we kind of actor operate here that we've got a lot of loyal Dog Nation before the hedges folks that have been watching for a lot of years, and sometimes we try to do like recruiting three hundred three in here or graduate level recruiting discussions or whatever, but good basic question. Timothy asks, he says, Jeff, I'm kind of new to recruiting and following you more and more. He's been a dog fan for 45 years. How does official visits work and how do these kids afford to travel all over the country visiting schools? Well, that's an economic question. It's a good question. Now, recently, uh, Timothy, within the last year or two, the NCAA has created a I mean, they create everything, usually not for the better, but you can now have unlimited official visits, Uh, but you can't visit the same school more than once unless it's in the event of a coaching change. The schools themselves are capped in terms of official visits, but let me tell you about official visits. Official visit is when you go to the school and it is on the school's dime. You're allowed to bring yourself and two other people with you, uh, and then we'll cover airfare if you're from far away, uh, lodging, meals, entertainment, Basically, all you do is eat for the forty-eight hour period you're in Athens, uh, and they take you. You you go do activities. You go see the academic buildings. You go meet with your advisors. You see the um, if you haven't seen it yet, you see the East Campage Village where the players would all would all live their freshman years before they can have the chance under Kirby Smart's program to move off campus. But you get to see it all. You get to see the weight room. You get to see in practice. You get you get to do this with like ten to twelve others eat a lot of steak, uh, lots of cows are sacrificed for the glory of Georgia football in the month of June as they're as they charred in Athens. But that's when the school pays for it. And I've, I'm going to tell you, one of the most extreme examples of an official visit, this was with Kirby Smart and Sam Pittman. They brought a young man whose family was in Australia, and he was at, going to boarding school uh, in IMG Academy. And part of the official visit was they flew uh, Father – and the mother, the mom and dad, and I believe the family paid out of pocket for another relative as well to come in from Australia, airfare to come on an official visit to Georgia. Uh, that young man did not sign with Georgia; He actually, signed with Minnesota. He's already in the league and signing and playing pretty well right now. But uh, that's kind of the extremes. The official visit is when the school pays for it. Uh, unofficial visits, which are really plentiful at this time of year, um, you know. Official visit season now is can can start in like April. Now they've Roll back that calendar a little bit and they can go all the way up until like Georgia just hosted an official visitor, as you realize early in the show from Terry Bussey as well. So good question, Timothy. Uh Philip Jordan Wells. Yeah, good one right there. You know, if I had to add one more name to the list, it would be Usmani Chroma out of uh, Leesburg, Georgia. Um to the add one more name to the top targets list, not just the off just off the radar then. Um basketball fans. Guys, thanks, thanks to you guys for joining us after um, basketball fans. You guys just join us. Our question of the week was, uh, who do you think, which Bulldog that's eligible for the 2024 NFL draft uh, has the second best NFL career? Of course, Brock's going to be everybody's number one answer. Um, my answer actually went to Lad McConkie. Um, probably shaded, faded a little bit there by – Uh, Cedric Von Prongranger. I think Cedric's going to have an outstanding uh, NFL career, just like he had an outstanding career at the University of Georgia. Uh, David Stone, thank you for checking in. From Duval County, uh, Tom Lavelle has a question. Uh, Tom, good hearing from you, man. Always good seeing you in the chat. Uh, Who goes over NIL, NIL with recruits, do coaches, or collective? I think it's mostly collective. I think it's mostly you get a chance to meet with those folks on your unofficial visits and your official visits. Um, One of the things Kirby Smart does uh, at the end of the official visit is they kind of go over what NILs like at Georgia, what that would be, uh, what that would entail. Uh, One of the things the dogs will not do is they will not set the market on any NIL as well. They feel like the program uh, and its NFL development definitely uh, carries some weight and has a dollar figure attached to that as well. Taylor Russell, I'm on YouTube right now. Thanks for your question, uh, Taylor. Uh, Georgia lost 85 to 76. Are you serious, man? That got that crazy. What did Alabama do hit a bunch of threes because Georgia had that game in hand. I was thinking as I was watching and I was trying to keep up with the game tonight that is this Mike White team capable of just you know taking out a taking out and taking out a gnat with a hammer? Just kind of. Breaking a team's will. And I think that's one thing this group has to learn. Uh, Taylor Russell. Yeah, he had a good, good take there about Kamari Lasseter. Yeah, corner is really hard in the NFL because that's a league set up for offense. Um, Johnny Surfdog has a question Impossible to get excited about any of this stuff anymore. Half these dudes will flip or transfer for a bag before they ever take the field. Well, Johnny, uh, certainly you're right to feel that way. Certain, your certain you're right to uh, uh, share that opinion. I'm going to tell you, this year, and I'm not just a guy that's smoke-blowing, and I'm not just a guy that's barking from the center ring here um, as like a carnival barker or whatever. This year, I think the vacuum created by Nick Saban's retirement in Tuscaloosa combined with Georgia's development, Georgia's recent history of winning, and just the way Kirby Smart recruits like nobody else in the country anymore – this all sets up for Georgia to have its, have a recruiting class that goes crazy. Now, I know somebody will sit there and jump in the comments. You probably should. Probably should fact check. You probably should say, yeah, Jeff, you guys were saying this all last year as well. Correct, I was, because the way things were trending at the time, even with NIL, even with all other factors, uh, there was a really great chance for Georgia to do something special in the 2024 class. And depending on whose definition of special is, let me see. Number one class in the country. Let me see. Two top five signees for the first time in Georgia football recruiting history under Kirby Smart. That sounds like something special, something historic was done. They signed the number two uh, overall prospect at cornerback in Ellis Robinson, the fourth. They have the fourth highest rated signee in Georgia football history. 24 7 Sports can, keeps an all time history rating for all of Georgia's top signees of all time, and Ellis finished fourth behind uh, Trenton Thompson, uh, Justin Fields, and Nolan Smith. So sounds like a lot of historic stuff took place right there as well. But Johnny Surfdog, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening as well. Um, let me see. Sonia Prescott. Ah, oh, Sonia, Bama couldn't miss in the second half. I think, I think a lot of folks are getting tired of Georgia-Alabama games especially when Alabama comes out cooking in the second half. Uh, Tom wanted to come back to you and say I really appreciated that question. Um, Guys, we had a live before the hedges brought to you uh, by Kroger. Hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Hope you guys have learned something. Hope you guys have uh, found something to do on Wednesday night that's different than sitting in traffic or different than watching the dogs come up a little bit short on the hardwood. Uh, A couple things uh, to bring to your attention as we kind of – Go through closing ceremonies of our shows, as I'd like to say. Uh, Big shout-out to uh, Georgia longtime publicist, sports information director Claude Felton. Um, I kind of tweeted out that that guy would probably, if there was such a thing, would have more employee of the decade honors in the uh, University of Georgia Athletic Association than anyone else. He's been doing that job for 40 years. came over from Georgia Southern. Uh, Man, I want to tell you, Claude Felton is a guy that – it, you, you, you get it, You get into a watering hole, you get around a water cooler, you get around a grill, you get around a pool, you get on a boat, and you start talking about Georgia history. You talk start talking about the legendary figures of Jordan, Georgia history. I love this. I can't forget. Somebody told me this when I was an undergrad in Athens, but they said that Claude Felton does his job every bit as good as Herschel Walker did his job for the University of Georgia – and Vince Dooley did his job for the University of Georgia. And we could probably say Kirby Smart did his, does his job right now for the University of Georgia as well. I don't know if there's a better compliment a guy like me can cook up uh, at 8, 9.06 p.m. on a Wednesday night in front of a microphone here in Sandy Springs, Georgia. Guys, Claude Felton, you will certainly be missed uh, for the great things you do, helping the storytellers connect Uh, with the athletes and the teams at the University of Georgia and share the stories of the Georgia Bulldogs. I know myself and countless other media members uh, would definitely say the same thing. They've been saying the same things about Claude Felton all this week. So, guys, been another show, guys. That, all this right here has been your intel. I'm Jeff Centel. We'll see you guys again later on the pages of dognation.com. Give me that theme music, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys a little bit later on
0: dognation.com.